Osaka. So it's the 13th of November, 2022. This opportunity now, and we use this to train our minds so that they have this quality of sati, of mindfulness or recollection. So we can recollect the breath as it comes in and leaves. Or we can have mindfulness in the contemplation of the 32 parts of the body. Hair of the head, hair of the body, nails, teeth and skin. These are the things that cover over the inner parts. So there's the inner parts of the body, the external parts of the body. It's hair of the head, hair of the body, nails, teeth, skin. So there are five of these, and then there are 27 inner parts. And the contemplation of these is a means to bring our minds to peace. Because for some practitioners, um, it's hard for them to just try to have mindfulness over a mantra or a meditation word such as Buddha. And especially modern people, um, their minds and the proliferation of the mind is modern as well. And so they like to think, like to contemplate, to go over things. So we can use that thinking to bring the mind to peace. And people of that disposition may have the view that those who only uh, create stillness of mind, they don't have much wisdom. So if the mind likes to think, likes to proliferate, then we can use that and use our contemplation as the main aspect of our practice. And this is a method to bring the mind to peace. So Venerable Ajahn Chah, he used the simile of people writing. And some people are more comfortable writing with their left hand, others more comfortable with their right hand. And so the different ways in which we're skilled or which we are proficient do differ. It's like this with sport as well. Some people are more naturally skilled at kicking with their left foot and others with their right. So in the training of the mind to bring it to peace, some people are skilled at using these methods of contemplation. And so they may contemplate the body, seeing it as being unattractive, or as a heap of four elements that have come together. And this can have the effect of bringing the mind to stillness and peace, into a state of samadhi. However, we may have read the scriptures which can say that training and contemplation like this, it won't bring the mind into a one-pointed state. And the highest level of peace it can bring is that of upajara samadhi, now this neighborhood collectedness. But we shouldn't uh, be doubtful over this. But rather, just do it. Just do the practice. Bring the mind to peace. Get it to that state of upajara samadhi. And from there, the path to one-pointedness of mind will 
happen, unfold by itself. So that's not something that we need to doubt about. We may have read the scriptures that say that in order to see the Dhamma on a profound level, the mind needs to be in that one-pointed state. But we just get it to a state of peace, and then um, we contemplate, and we just carry on doing what we're doing now. And as we do that, then and carry on practicing along this path, then we'll see the Dhamma. So it's like when we listen to the Dhamma, then we hear these teachings of seeing all things, all material things, all physical and mental things as being empty. And then we see the Dhamma. We see the true nature of conventions and our mind becomes liberated. It goes above all of the contents of the mind, all of these sense impressions. It goes above happiness and beyond suffering, above birth and beyond death, to a state of pure emptiness. Because we've seen that all things are conventions. Like when the eye sees a form, that this form has colors, they're a color of these material objects, and they vary in color as well, depending on that form. But if there's no light present, then we won't see any color, we'll just see darkness. But if there is light that's there, then these various colors appear. And we also see sizes as well. But we should contemplate to see that, in truth, these things aren't actually there. They just arise from the mind's proliferations. And if the mind isn't proliferating, then there isn't anything. And then we can see that all of these forms and all mental things are empty. But when the mind is deluded, it clings to this emptiness, and it doesn't see its truth. What it sees is a self. And this avijja, this ignorance, delusion is like this. But when we gather the mind together, then perhaps a state of knowing comes up, and the mind can reach vimuti, as liberation. So we can ask, well, when this happens, is the mind kind of necessarily in a state of one-pointedness? It doesn't have to be so. Like for me, when I was listening to the Dhamma, the mind just became still, and then knowledge arose. The heart became empty. And then there's the state of Buddha, and this Buddha nature that appears, this Savaka Buddha appears. So we don't need to doubt about this. We just carry on practicing this way, contemplating like this. And this is the path that um, can give rise to knowledge. So just train and practice along this path. But if when we're meditating, um, we just kind of abandon our minds, 
leave them to their own devices, um, then there won't be stability there within them. If our mindfulness is weak, then they'll just go into drowsiness and sleepiness. And we may sit for one hour or two hours or three hours, and we don't get anything from that. So the great masters, they've um, compared this to being like uh, someone who's going fishing in a pond that has no fish. And even though they may use many different tools and means to try to catch the fish, they're not going to catch any. So what do we do then? Well, we need to use the right methods. If we're going about training our minds and they're just sleepy, or they just go and think about this and that, we may be putting an effort, but we're not getting results from that effort. You can walk back and forth, and the mind just thinks and carries on proliferating, and we don't get any peace from that. So we need to use the right methods that give rise to peace of mind. If we're feeling sleepy, then we can contemplate and use that contemplation as our main method and carry on doing that without stopping until the mind becomes still. And then the thoughts should reduce, the contemplation gradually reduces. So we can use this method of contemplation to bring the mind to peace, but we shouldn't just abandon our minds. If we just let them watch the breath and they're getting drowsy, sleepy, then that's not giving rise to any benefit. So we need to observe our own minds. And those who follow up, who look at their own hearts, they're the ones who will free themselves from Mara's snare, which means that they'll free themselves from suffering. So we can look at the state of us humans. And having been born, we gain many, many things. And there's a sense of self that comes up with that. But if we have the sense of self, we won't see the Dhamma. We won't meet with the very heart of the teachings of the perfectly self-awakened Buddha. So we use these methods that he taught, of generosity, of virtue, that we found ourselves in these, um, being generous, being virtuous, and cultivating our minds. And through this, the heart becomes happy. And so we practice in this way. And by practicing meditation, what we're doing is practicing nekama, uh, this relinquishment. Even though we may still have a family, but at the time that we are practicing, then we're putting down all of our moods and these sense impressions. We're putting down liking and disliking, putting down all of our work, our occupations. And we're devoting ourselves to the training in this practice, cultivating our minds so that they become peaceful and well-established and firm. So this is the taking up of nekama, of relinquishment. This nekama of body, of speech, but also of mind as well. 
Because if our minds are just thinking thoughts of ill will, of cruelty, of sensuality, and this comes from wrong view, and this is a mental kamma, mental intentional action. And so we bring up this wholesome kamma of this meditation, training the mind to be peaceful and still. And so this is the good kamma, that of this nekama, of uh, this relinquishment. And then through this, joy comes up, and the mind's able to pass over all these thoughts, these feelings of cruelty, of ill will. And there's a happiness there within it. It passes over a delight towards form, and it suppresses this. So that's what happens initially, it's a suppression, but not a destruction of the defilement. We hold these back with samadhi. And then we contemplate uh, to see how all mentality and physicality is not self, is changing and is stressful. And at this point, is when we destroy the defilements. So we're able to abandon our attachments little by little. The mind reaches into emptiness little by little. We reach Nibbāna little by little, but this appears within the heart. And so we do this frequently, and through that we gain a confidence in this path of practice that this is the way. Even though we may start off with being someone who doubts a lot, but we rely upon the teachings of the great teachers, of these masters, and we practice following those. And then as we do that, then a confidence arises within ourselves that this is the right method, this is the way that will take us to seeing deeper levels of the Dhamma, to attaining to the Dhamma for sure. But we also need to be cautious as well. Because when we get to the point where this piti, this rapture, arises with great strength, there's bright lights coming up, then it's also possible for us to get deluded in the path. For us to understand that this here is Magapala Nibbana. This is the paths, the fruitions and Nibbana. So we need to be very careful here. Because this piti, this rapture, it's just um, due to samadhi. It's not the rapture of seeing the Dhamma. It's a suppression of the defilements. So when I had been a monk for about four years, I reached a point where this rapture was appearing all throughout the day and night. And this happened for many months. There was also a conceit that came up. I was thinking, well, this body is something that's really coarse, and I just want to look at my mind and attain to the Dhamma through that. Abandon the defilements right there, because these defilements, they arise within the mind. Uh, But my teacher, he said to me, contemplate this body. Because he knew already, he had passed through the stage of practice already. 
But I thought, well, this mind right now, it's so subtle, and I don't want to contemplate the body. I just want to look at the mind, contemplate the mind. So so attached to what I'd read in the scriptures. There was a sense of conceit that come up around that. Because in the scriptures it says that those people who have wisdom, they should contemplate the mind. But for those with very coarse lust, um, they should contemplate the body. And I wanted to be someone who was wise. I didn't want to be someone with coarse lust. But eventually I followed my teacher's instructions and contemplated this body, seeing it as being elements. And the more clearly that we see this, uh, the more that the heart grows in its happiness and its joy. Seeing the body as being a heap of earth, water, fire and air. So we may read about this in the scriptures and want to just go straight away to contemplating this body as being elements and trying to see that. But initially we may not see that. And why is that? Because our samadhi isn't firm. Our minds are very fast, and so they want to get things very quickly, don't they? But it takes time. It's like planting a tree. It takes time for that tree to grow. And so it's the same with our practice of the Dhamma. We may want to reach Maga, Pala, Nibbana in seven days, or seven months, seven years. But are we going to get that? In the scriptures it talks about this, about attaining to this in um, six years or six months, six days. The practitioners will be able to see the Dhamma, to attain the high levels of Dhamma. But that is for people who have mindfulness well established, whose samadhi is firm. But if we don't have those, um, we shouldn't go counting these six years or six months or six days. That we need to have this um, principle there first. We need to have this um, capital um, in order to make this investment first. So we should set our hearts um, on this path, this path that will take us to attaining Damaga Pala Nibbana, contemplating so the mind comes to peace. Or we can use this word Buddha to bring the mind to peace. But be sincere in what you're doing, in whatever method is appropriate for your disposition. Have mindfulness in the body, seeing the body as just a body. And in the end, you will see the Dhamma and attain to the Dhamma. So may you set your heart on this.